just when you thought it's all been said and done. Yeah. You we have it was safe. We have more. <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to check the podcast folder on your phone. Here we are with another one of these Dave and Darren Top 5 Things podcasts. Isn't this that crazy? Is a review of what we got done on our morning show. You can listen to it live every morning. 5.30 until 10 a.m. We're alive. Planet 93.9. It's true. It's true. This is the best uh, of the best. Let's get started with... Uh, number one. Number one. Number one. One. Number one. Matthew Perry played Chandler Bing on Friends for years. He's got a new book out called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And we've talked about this, uh, some of the, the revelations in the book. He talks about the coma that he was in. Not that long ago. As a result of his opioid addiction, he blew out his colon and had to have a colostomy bag for months and months. And and they had to use an echo machine to to help him breathe. He was in a coma for two weeks. Apparently, he's got a problem with Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah? Uh, That he has been joking for years and years. That he doesn't understand how Keanu Reeves is allowed to be alive. One of the most beloved actors in the world. You mean the fact that he's a movie star and you're not? Well. <laughs> is that the whole rub? In the book. That he's a much bigger star than you? A knight in the life. <laughs> is that the problem? <laughs> Looking back on his buddy River Phoenix's death. In, in 1993. Another Perry, movie star. Perry jokes here. Uh, is, is this a joke? I don't know. He writes in the book, Why is it that original thinkers like River Phoenix and Heath Ledger die, but Keanu Reeves still walks among us? River was a beautiful man inside and out and too beautiful for this world, it turned out. It always seemed like the really talented guys who go down. He liked drugs like I did. Yeah, Keanu, the reason that River Phoenix and Heath Ledger are dead and Keanu Reeves isn't is because uh, Keanu Reeves has an overdose on drugs. Right, just like you almost did. Another part in the book, Perry takes a dig at Keanu Reeves in response to the death of another actor. Uh, He talks about when Chris Farley died. Now, they did a movie together, Chris Farley and I keep on calling Chandler. Uh, Matthew Perry and Chris Chandler did a movie together called Almost Heroes. Yeah, the last thing that he did. Yeah, it's not great. Perry uh, describes his angry reaction to hearing about Farley's death and again lamented how unfair that it wasn't Keanu Reeves that died instead. That's quite a a hang-up. He finds out that Chris Farley died, which is, gosh, 25 years ago already. He writes here, I punched a hole through Jennifer Aniston's dressing room wall when I found out Keanu Reeves walks among us. Just good. Just God. all throughout this book about uh, about his struggles, he he's not happy that Keanu Reeves is not uh, dead. Let's just say this. Yeah, uh, I just don't know how believable Sandy would have been in the Matrix. <laughs> Could I know more kung fu? <laughs> The other weird Matrix man? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) What are you doing here? (laughs) That would have been great. I think 
I, I think you need to get over yourself there, Matthew Perry. It's weird, right? Yeah. Mr. Anderson. What are you doing here, weird turtle man? It's a different movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. The other shocking revelation in this Matthew Perry book is he says that he once made out with Valerie Bertinelli while her husband, Eddie Van Halen, was passed out in the room. They were making out. She's married to Eddie Van Halen. He is passed out drunk just a few feet away. This, wow. Uh, Apparently they did a, a sitcom together. This was before Friends. In 1990, there was a sitcom called Sydney that centered on a young woman played by Valerie Bertinelli trying to make it as a private detective in Los Angeles. I have no memory of that television show, which is weird because I remember a lot of television shows. What does that mean, trying to make it as a private detective? Mm. You either are or you're not a private Uh, detective, right? Having some trouble keeping the lights on there at the uh, detective agency. Struggling. Matthew Perry played Valerie Bertinelli's younger brother on the show, which had a theme song, by the way. The Sydney theme song was performed by Van Halen. Uh, This is the thanks I get. Van Halen did a theme song for a sitcom? I whiffed on that one. (laughs) What? I had no memory of of this happening. I mean, I know they did something for the movie Twister. Yes. No, that I I get. But that's not what we're talking about, is it? No. Hey, uh, hey, baby, I'm going to be in this uh, TV show. Could you write me a theme song? Yeah, I can do that. Matthew Perry played Valerie Bertinelli's younger brother, but there was nothing familiar about their dynamic. He writes in the book here, I fell madly in love with Valerie Bertinelli, who was clearly in a troubled marriage. My crush was crushing. Not only was she out of my league, but she was also married to one of the most famous rock stars on the planet, Eddie Van Halen. His feelings were so intense that he would fantasize about Valerie Bertinelli leaving Eddie Van Halen for him. The show was on for three months. He says, I was 19 and lived in a one-bedroom apartment on Laurel Canyon in Burbank called Club California, mind you. But fantasies and first loves don't know about real estate. They don't know about real anything, he writes. One night, while Bertinelli, he was at Valerie Bertinelli and Eddie Van Halen's house, Perry says he made his move. Quote, as the night progressed, it was clear that Eddie had enjoyed the fruits of the vine a little too hard one more time. And eventually he just passed out, not 10 feet away from us. But still, this was my chance. If you think I didn't actually have a chance in hell, you'd be wrong, dear reader. Valerie and I had a long, elaborate makeout session. It was happening. Maybe she felt the same way I did. I told her I had thought about doing that for a long time, and she had said it right back to me. Who writes, dear reader, you'd be wrong? Do you think I did? <laughs> I love that he writes Who? that. You think I didn't have a chance with Valerie Bertinelli? You'd be wrong, dear reader. Uh, that's on you, dear reader. <laughs> Who writes like that? So he's making out with Valerie Bertinelli while her husband is passed out in the room. The next day, she, quote, made no mention of what had transpired. (laughs) 
Perry says, as she should have, like this was just a normal day. I quickly got the hint and also played the role I was supposed to, but inside I was devastated. That of the younger brother. <laughs> An actual role. That's what we're paying you to do here. Chandler, we're not paying you to make out with the star of the show. He said he endured tearful nights as a result, and much to his relief, the show ultimately got canceled, quote, and I didn't have to see Valerie anymore. Wow. There's a... Uh... There's a lot to, to unpack here. This book will be out on November 1st. Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. I, I, might, I might have to read this one. Dear reader, you th- what? You think I didn't have a chance with Valerie Bertinelli? And the, the Big Terrible Thing is that uh, wad of feces that's uh, in my colon that can't make its way out because of my opioid addiction. Yeah, it's in a bag. Uh Valerie Bertinelli played Sydney. Matthew was her brother, Billy. Uh, the only other name I recognize here is Daniel Baldwin. Oh, boy. How did that show not make it? It was on from March until June. So it was a mid-season <laughs> replacement that replaced nothing. You replaced nothing. You think I didn't have a chance with Valerie Bertinelli? You're out of your mind. I had I had all the chances. She's like 10 years older than he is. But still, she's Valerie Bertinelli. Like, I get wanting to make out with Valerie Bertinelli. I understand that. Impulse. I understand that, dear reader. <laughs> Believe, you think I don't? <laughs> you think I don't want to make out with Valerie Bertinelli? Uh, dear reader? Put on the Elton John outfit. What, you think I don't want Pat Harrington passed out in the room while we make out? Maybe I help myself to one of those t-shirt cigs? Maybe maybe we get Bonnie Franklin involved. (laughs) You don't know, dear reader. I imagine Valerie Bertinelli making out with an actor who is playing her brother... And then Not she call and then she calls Mackenzie Phillips to say, "Isn't that weird?" Oh, and Mackenzie Phillips says, "You have no idea." <laughs> uh, how, Mackenzie how Phil- not weird that is. <laughs> Mackenzie Phillips is like, "Don't beat yourself oh. up over that one." <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sweat it. <laughs> if, I were, if I were you, Barbara, I wouldn't sweat it. By the way, mm. where do you have to go for Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> Two. 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 Man up in Minnesota went to a corn maze and ended up shooting himself. Uh, police say because he was so frustrated <laughs> with the maze. I'll never get out of this damn I'm never going to do it. I'm ending it. I don't want to do this anymore. Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. A man carrying a concealed gun at a corn maze over the weekend ended up injured after his weapon was accidentally discharged. Brooklyn Park, Minnesota police say they responded to the shooting at the corn maze Saturday morning just before noon. The victim, a 38-year-old man from Circle Pines, Minnesota, was at the maze with his family. Police learned the man, a licensed gun owner, was legally carrying a concealed firearm when he got some corn in his boot while in the corn pit. Oh, that's aggravating. The man bent over to get the corn out of his boot 
and his gun went off, hitting him in the leg. (laughs) Damn! Police say the gun did not have a safety or a hammer, and police are still investigating whether it's possible he mishandled the weapon. You, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and crack this case and say he did. I'll, we're going to just write that down in pencil for now. But uh... Try to get some corn out of your boot and you shoot yourself in the leg. It's not only possible you mishandled the weapon. That's what happened. Meanwhile, in North Carolina, a woman got in trouble on Monday after she was accused at shooting at Mountain Dew bottles because she didn't approve of her father drinking them. Daddy, I don't want you drinking no Mountain Dew! Oh, so full bottles? I'm guessing. Daddy, I done told you I don't want you drinking this Mountain Dew. It's, It's tearing our family apart! Gastonia, North Carolina, a woman cited after she was accused of shooting at Mountain Dew bottles in the neighborhood because she didn't approve of her dad drinking them. I saw what you did. You went into town in the pick-em-up truck and got yourself (laughs) that Mountain Dew. I done told you, Daddy. Police say officers responded to reports of multiple gunshots in a residential neighborhood Monday where they found the 64-year-old woman with a revolver in her backyard. The woman was reportedly shooting at four Diet Mountain Dew bottles. Police say she told officers she was shooting at the bottles because she didn't approve of her father drinking the soda. She's 64 (laughs) and doesn't want Daddy drinking. What? It's the only thing that keeps me awake. Let him drink whatever he wants. What are you talking about? Uh, The police say here in a news release, quote, We totally understand that not everybody is a fan of the do, but we can't stress enough how dangerous this is. There are much safer alternatives to disposing of beverages that you don't like instead of using the full bottles as target practice in your backyard, in your neighborhood, surrounded by homes and people. Uh, this idiot issued a criminal citation for discharging a live firearm in the Gastonia, North Carolina city limits. Uh, the police ending their press release here with this, it says, remember people, guns, and diet Mountain Dew don't mix. <laughs> you got that right. Daddy, I don't want you drinking this diet Mountain Dew no more. And this is what I'm going to do about it. Shoot it right out of your mouth. Daddy, are you drinking a Diet Mountain Dew? We done had this conversation, Daddy. I told you I never wanted to see another one of these. (laughs) Daddy! (laughs) Daddy, I don't want to do this. It's going to hurt me a lot more. It's going to hurt you. Shooting all these Mountain Dew cans and bottles. Daddy! Come on, Daddy! I seem to have some corn stuck in my boot. Let me see here if I can just... Oh, no! It's happened again. Right in the crack. (laughs) It was the other boot this time. Oh! I have butterfingers. Wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Number three. 
three. Three. Three. A weed company is getting sued for not getting people high enough. Your Honor. Oh, you know what? This I, weed is not packing the punch we were expecting. I read that headline wrong. I thought they were getting in trouble because the people were getting too high. No. No, that would make a little more sense. Uh, two California weed connoisseurs mm-hmm. filing a lawsuit against a local cannabis company. The class action lawsuit claims that a weed cultivator called Dreamfields is misleading its customers. Uh-huh, with the potency. Doesn't get you high enough, Your Honor. These guys have maybe built up so much of a tolerance that... Uh, right. <laughs> that for the normal human being, it's just fine? You know, uh, we make these joints for for the mass public, right. not the uh, Cheech and Chong over here. <laughs> The, I'm sure that that's what the defense is. Your Honor, in our defense, uh, take a poll on this. You tell me if this doesn't get you where you need to go. The lawsuit filed by the law firm Devell and Lunar claims that Dreamfields is misrepresenting the psychoactive compound content of its Jeter brand of cannabis products. According to the complaint, Jeter... The label products on it, the pre-rolled joints, are much more potent on the product label than they are in reality. And as a result, consumers are not getting the buzz that they're looking for. THC is the substance at the heart of this lawsuit. Uh, we're saying that it's uh, this this number here, mm-hmm. and uh, we argue that it's not that number there. There are 113 cannabinoid compounds in marijuana but thc is the one principally responsible for getting you where you need to go thc a fairly simple chemical the more you consume the higher you get which is why if you're somebody who's a serious connoisseur of this stuff well that's a polite term for what you are (laughs) we used to say stoner back in the day right but now that's a pejorative term smoke weed every day the biological limit for THC in cannabis flowers is around 35%. On average, natural weed, it's between 15 and 25% THC content. Mm-hmm. Through science, Oscar Goldman in the lab saying we can make the weed stronger, faster, better. You can get to around uh, 35%, but that's the limit. It's possible for cannabis manufacturers to artificially increase the amount of THC in their products. You can infuse joints and vaping liquids and edibles with other cannabis products that have THC concentrates in them. Now, as far as weed that you can buy, the content, legally, you can buy weed products with THC content as high as 95%. And that's why this lawsuit is happening. The lawsuit says Dreamfields claims that its Jeter pre-roll joints have more THC than they actually do. And you do that to make more money. Consumers are willing to pay more for cannabis products with higher THC content. That's according to the lawsuit here. It says in 2020, cannabis was at 7 to 14% THC content, retailed for $5.31 a gram. What? Gram, man, like gram of dope. No, exactly like gram of dope in this case. Yes. So it's seven to fourteen percent sells for five dollars and thirty-one cents a gram, whereas cannabis with over twenty-eight percent THC 
retailed for more than twice that at $12.89. Dreamfields knows this, the complaint alleges, and they intentionally pump up the numbers on their labels. Consumers use THC percentages like nutritional labels, purchasing products based on their THC content. The defendants know the THC content is highly material to consumers and have a direct financial incentive to overstate the THC content of their products. I would think you'd get in a lot of trouble for doing that. I mean, I know just from the realm that I'm more comfortable talking about, and that would be uh, beer, the alcohol by volume that's on a can, mm-hmm. that is very strictly regulated. Yeah, why would you need to do that? And for the longest time, breweries had to sue for the right to put the ABV number on their cans because the government used to think, well, beers with higher content, people will want those more than beers with lower content because, it, they, because it'll, it'll get them drunk faster. And... Okay, there's there might be some truth to that, but also consumers need to know what they're what they're ingesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do people spend more money on beers with higher ABVs? Of course they do. I, I imagine it's similar with THC. The claims of the lawsuit aren't just based on how high the claimants think they should get; they actually cite more or less scientific evidence. The online cannabis publication Weed Week, and yes, we we absolutely do subscribe. We also have the app. (laughs) Yeah, the Weed Week app. They recently published an independent study on the potency of cannabis products sold in California. And the results that Weed Week just published, they're not great for Dreamfield and their Jeter brand. Dreamfield's Baby Jeter Fire OG Diamond-infused pre-rolled joints claim on the label that they have a 46% THC content. When Weed Week took them to the lab and studied them, man, Mm -hmm. they found that the real content is only around 25%. Now, the tests that Weed Week carried out had a 10% error margin, which is pretty generous, actually. (laughs) Yeah. But this is a 21% difference. Based on the results, the joints have a greatly exaggerated label. And it wasn't just one product either. There was another uh, joint, the Baby Jeter Churros Diamond Infused. It claimed to have a 37% THC content. But the tests that Weed Week performed in the lab, man, showed that the THC was only around 25%. The lawsuit alleges that Dreamfield's overblown THC percentages are directly harming innocent tokers looking to get high. It also claims that the company is violating several other California laws related to false advertising and negligent misrepresentation. The two claimants are Blake Wilson and Jasper Centeno. Uh, They say they purchased the Jeter products many times, believing the high THC claims. They also say they would not have bought them if the labels have been truthful. If they knew that the weed content was, or the THC content was 25% instead of 37%, they wouldn't have bought it. Jasper likes to get high. (laughs) Blake does too, man. Blake does too. They are now looking. Where are Blake and Jasper going? You know damn well where they're going, man. Gonna go hotbox in their van, man. As a result, these two are looking for an undisclosed amount in damages. Well, best of luck to you. 
let us know how that works out in, in court. And that's it. You know, when, when someone has sold, has sold you uh, some weed with a THC content that has been misrepresented, don't take the law into your own hands. You take them to court. And if you don't get the result that you want in that courtroom, mm-hmm. you know what you do? Whoa. Take him to a higher court. <laughs> We're having fun in the morning. Number four. 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 Did you make your picks yet? No. Are you? I, have you seen me make any picks? Well, I thought, but you could do it up here. Are you making any picks up here? I have some idea, taking of, a look of at some of the thinking. numbers, what I'm going to do. I have not yet committed a finger to app. Well, you as got... far as what the uh, picks are going to be this week, I I have a a thumbnail sketch in my head of what I'm going. You got to make something happen, boy. Uh, my I... mom already took the Ravens, and she's already had a McRib. Where'd she? Oh, really? Yeah. Where'd she get it? Uh, I think uh, on the Illinois side of things. Okay, I got to believe. Ta- I got to take a look at the uh, the the locators. You got see some. If ca- you got some more. catching up to do. <laughs> There's a thing going viral where somebody gives you a, a, a POV video, a, a point of view video of how exactly a McRib sandwich is made. And I don't know that I recommend it to, it, to watch it because it kind of ruins the magic of the McRib. Well, how, how, how many different ways made, can it be made? You have a bun. Mm-hmm. And then you put the guess, riblet guess, on there. I guess in my mind, I imagine they're, they're back there slow roasting pork patties. That it's not as it's not just a matter of taking something frozen, putting it in a device, and then slapping a bunch of goop on it, which is what this video makes it look like. You got some growing up to do. <laughs> you love to tell me that. Uh, let's see. It's uh, it's still at Kim. It's not supposed to be released until I believe Monday, but you can. I get saw it. a sign with one. You can. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 1836th Avenue, many confirmed sightings of the McRib there. Yes, yes. There yes. have also been confirmed sightings at the LeClaire McDonald's, the one on Welcome Way, the one on West Kimberly as well. So have at it. And th- again, they're kind of teasing that this could be the end of the McRib, which seems like a really good ploy to get you to go out and buy some McRibs. Mm-hmm. The whole thing seems like, uh, you know, Messing with my emotions. Exactly. When you use the parking garages in like downtown Davenport, uh-huh. um, they have this deal where you go, you, they don't give you tickets anymore. There's no ticketing machine. You have to go and uh, type in your, your license. They slash your tires. No, no, <laughs> they don't do that. It's always kind of a hassle though because I. For the life of me, uh, don't remember what my license plate number is, and they just gave me new plates, so I'm even. I know what mine dis- is. I'm at more of a disadvantage because I I have no idea what my license plate number is, and it's one of those things where I'm at a parking garage, and then I go to, you know, pay for the parking, and it's like, oh, why don't I take a picture of what my driver's my blank plate is so I remember what it is, and then I gotta go back to my car. It's the same thing and- when you get a hotel room. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, there's a story. Oh, and you love your hotels. Uh, there's a zombie staying at one tonight. Uh, there's a, a story here out of Atlanta, Georgia. Hotlanta, as I call it. Man is dead after he was pinned in a parking garage in Midtown Atlanta. 
This is a parking garage off Peachtree Street. Cops got a call. There was an auto accident. When they showed up, they found this guy inside a pickup truck at the ticket machine at the parking garage. I thought it was Peachtree Road. There's a Peachtree Street as well. Yes. Boy, I tell they you love what. their oh, peaches down there. Oh, you will love it. Police say the victim drove past the ticket machine. He forgot to put his truck in park as he opened his door to reach back and pay for his, his ticket. His arm then got stuck, and oh. he was pinned between the truck's door and the ticket booth there at the parking garage. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and now... But now he's dead. He's dead. That blows. Dead in a freak parking garage accident. So... As Didn't much, we have a story much not of, that long ago about the same sort of thing happening, like at a fast food restaurant, where somebody died in a drive-through? Yeah, they got pinned. That they, I thought we was it a was it a McDonald's? Were they there for the McRib? That someone got <laughs> was it the McRib specifically? Got pinned. Oh, no. I thought we had a story about that not all that long ago, where uh, it was a, a drive through Man in McDonald's drive through crushed to death by his own car in St. Louis. Yeah. In, uh, oh, this isn't great. Apparently, this happens quite a lot. Be careful. Jeez Louise. Uh, this happened in September. Victim in this one was 42 years old. I think the guy that just died in Atlanta was 42 years old. What's going on? That's an odd coinky dink. It's not the same guy. That... <laughs> well, no, Darren, you can't you can't die twice in a freak well, accident. Well, that's what I've been told. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. That that one happened up in Vancouver. Killed in a freak accident when he accidentally got pinned by his own car going through the McDonald's drive-through. Did he have to do some backing up or something? According to the surveillance footage in the story that you're talking about, the guy pulls up to the window and attempts to pay for his order, and an object dropped out of his vehicle. Yes. When he went to retrieve the item, the vehicle rolled forward, uh. colliding into a structural piece of the restaurant. He was unable to free himself from the vehicle and yeah. became pinned yeah. between the vehicle door and the frame. That's what I thought. Can you imagine working the drive-thru and that's happening right in front of you? Oh, boy. That'd be my last day at the drive-thru. Please drive-thru, please. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll just work the fryer from now on. Thank it's, you. it's day one. It's day one. And uh, you're in the drive-thru. And you witness that? <sighs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed to death by your own car at the McDonald's drive-thru. Uh, it sounds like this was during breakfast, Darren, so no McRib oh. in this story. Thank goodness. You can't pin this one on the McRib. I'm surprised they don't have a McRib biscuit. Oh, that's kind of brilliant. For breakfast with an egg on it. Oh, that's kind just of... Just get me involved, why? is all I'm saying. Why aren't... Why just, are... just get me involved. It would just be like a smaller rib. Yes. Just like half a, half a McRib with an egg. Why wouldn't they do that? I don't know. The McRib McMuffin? Yes, or yes, or biscuits, or yes, or the McRib McMuffin. Oh my goodness, that sounds. Uh, what about a McRib breakfast burrito? Does that do anything for you? Why not? The McRib McMuffin. Here's somebody doing a proof of concept <laughs> in their home. <laughs> so uh, somebody kind of had clearly, your idea. Clearly, I'm not the first one to to get there. Somebody took a couple of English muffins uh, uh -huh. and and. 
or they, put together or their they own... got a McRib and they got a McMuffin and just, yeah, morphed them. Do you have egg on this McRib yes. breakfast sandwich? Yes. <laughs> of course I do. Why do you why do you have to <laughs> I, I retract the question <laughs> asked and answered McRibs are not supposed to be out until their official release on Halloween. Boy, so this whole October thing is mm-hmm. just coming to an end. It's true. Five. 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 Number five. My allergies have been off the charts lately. Is that right? Which I don't quite understand because... You haven't been sneezing and a-wheezing, though. No? Not oh, not like sometimes. Yeah, there are times where it's just... Uh, it's 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 a real burden being me. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Well, I don't it's... understand, uh, you know, other than taking my Claritin and all of that. Like, that's really all I do. That's That's all I can do. I don't understand why my allergies would be this bad, considering it's 37 degrees, right? Like, after the freeze, I'm, there's supposed to be a little bit of relief. But well, except for the fact that it's been so dry, and there's all of these, you know, with the harvest, there's so many particles in the air. That's what it is. I need to live somewhere where there isn't a harvest. How do I do that? Is there any place I can live where they don't harvest anything? It's the desert. That would be good for me. Yeah. You can make magic in the desert, David. That's what Perry Farrell told me once. Allergies are off the charts. Uh, we might have to get Michael on the blower to see what mm. the uh, conditions are. Yeah, see uh, what the condition our condition is in. Yeah, yeah, let's see if we can make that happen. In the meantime, there's a story of a young man who's got a bizarre allergy. And listen, uh, hay fever's nothing to sneeze at, but I'm thanking my lucky stars I don't have what this guy has. Uh, he's allergic to his own orgasms. Hmm. A bizarre allergy-like condition well, to his what, own orgasms. Something's got to give. <laughs> 27-year-old. Uh, whenever it would happen, he would get weird flu-like symptoms. And they would last for up to several days afterwards. Making every orgasm a thoroughly unpleasant experience. This left him unable and unwilling to engage in any sort of romantic or sexual activity. Yeah, no thanks. If a little bit of hanky-panky is going to have me uh, panking my hanky, no thanks. Sidelined you. Right? Didn't seem to have any other options, so he went to the doctors, uh, and and they were unable to cure him. Can you imagine sitting there on on that little table? And and this is what you have to explain what's going on? (laughs) Doctor comes in. What are you here for today? Well, Doc... Uh, every time... Ever heard of this one? <laughs> Tell me if this makes a lick of sense. Every time I have an orgasm, I get really sick for a couple of days. So tell me what you're in for here, uh, Tug McGraw. The symptoms began sometime around his 18th birthday. This guy's strange condition described in a case study published in the journal Urology Case Reports. And yes... Oh, yeah, of course we subscribe to urology case reports. Symptoms began sometime around his his 18th birthday. I told you he's 27. After an orgasm, he would quickly break into flu-like symptoms. He would start coughing and wheezing. He'd get a runny nose, right, like with a pollen allergy. Then he'd get a rash on his forearms, and his lymph nodes would swell up. That sounds like an allergy. Symptoms would appear within minutes or take several hours to show up, and when they did, 
they could last up to a week, making his life absolutely miserable. It didn't matter whether he had sex with somebody else or was uh, taking care of business on his own. Either way, he'd come down with this allergy. A report says because of the distressing nature of his symptoms, he actively avoided any sexual activity or romantic relationships. Over the years, he consulted several doctors. He went to a bunch of allergy specialists. Nobody was able to help this guy. And one allergist thought, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you just have hay fever. Maybe what you have is hay fever, and we're connecting dots that we don't need to connect. Yeah. Well, uh, they gave him the medication for hay fever, and it did absolutely nothing. He's dealing with this for 10 years. Uh, the doctors write this report, finally figured out what the problem was. He was suffering from something called post-orgasmic illness syndrome. It is a very rare condition. And you invented it. <laughs> You've come up with this on your own. Post-orgasmic illness syndrome, an exceedingly rare condition within the last 20 years, only 60 cases of this have been described. Prior to that, they say the condition is unknown. This affects almost men exclusively. And all these other guys match this guy's illness to a T. Mm. So now that they knew what was wrong with him, that was the good news. Then there was bad news. And the bad news is current medical science has absolutely no idea what causes post-orgasmic illness. We're syndrome. too embarrassed to do anything about it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Whenever it's brought up, we just blush. <laughs> You've made the doctor embarrassed. They prescribed him an antihistamine, and they just basically did this thing like, let's just keep prescribing things and let's see if it works. And at one point, they came up with this antihistamine, and it turns out that this uh, antihistamine is effective against similar symptoms from other allergies, right? If you're coughing and wheezing and you have a rash and all those other things, this antihistamine works, uh, did not work for him. And this young man said, uh, "Well, I guess that's that, and I just, I just won't have. Well, I just won't have any, uh, any relations." Consider yourself lucky, David. They then switched his medication. This antihistamine that they gave him was some sort of really fancy uh, medication. Then somebody thought, "Well, why don't we just give him fexofenadine?" Now, fexofenadine is sold over the counter as Allegra. So they put him on Allegra, and son of a gun if it's not working. The over-the-counter Allegra. Case report reads here, the treatment has proved most, most effective daily Allegra, leading to a 90% symptom improvement. I'll give you one guess as to how he celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to the medicine, this young man has been able to resume normal sexual activity. And, you know, you can afford Allegra. 
Allegra's not going to break the bank. All he has to do is take a regular Allegra pill before anything happens, and then he's fine. I didn't care for the way you started coughing. (laughs) Should I leave? Are we gonna be? Are we gonna be okay? <laughs> yeah, no, everything's everything's fine. Yeah. So if he's with somebody, he just knows that he has to take an Allegra, and then everything will be cool. That's great news for him. Where are we at with the pollen count in the Quad Cities? Do you mind if we check in real mm, fast? Because yeah. I'm I'm curious to see if is there an elevated count or or why am I so why am I dealing with these symptoms? Here now, on Dave and Darren in the morning, it's time to find out what's going on in the air. It's time for the Michael Stipe pollen count. We don't have too many more of these scheduled for the year. Now here he is with the 15-day allergy forecast, former frontman of the rock band R.E.M. It's Mr. Michael Stipe. Hello, Dave and Darren. Hello. Can, Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you, Michael. I'm, I've got the uh, uh, 15-day allergy forecast for the Quad City area, and um, I'm sorry to hear that Dave's not feeling well. Um, really, conditions are, are pretty moderate for the Quad City area, so I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure that's right. And this is brought to us by. Uh, I have here a uh, pretty litter cat litter. It's. Brought to you by Pretty Litter, Cat Litter, and also uh, K.O. Pectate, multi-symptom relief, anti-diarrheal, upset stomach reliever. Relieves seven types of stomach ailments, like traveler's diarrhea, gas, heartburn, nausea, and regular diarrhea. Traveler's diarrhea? I was not... I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, no, um... People get diarrhea when they travel. Can we just do the uh, pollen count? Pretty litter, cat litter. Yeah. Changes colors. So m- monitor your cat's health. I, I, I'm not sure that's right. Where are we at with the pollen count, Michael? Yeah, what does that look like? Uh, really moderate numbers. Uh, tree pollen in the Quad Cities today, none. Tomorrow, none. Saturday, none. There's no glass pollen, and ragweed pollen today is moderate. It'll be moderate tomorrow, and Saturday also looks to be fairly moderate. I'm open to go outside and take some photographs of the fall foliage. Okay, well, that's none of my business. Where are we at with the... (laughs) The symptoms? Is something wrong with me? I'm not. I'm not sure. Everything here is moderate. So, good luck to you. How many affiliates do you still have? You guys are the last one. <laughs> is that right? Wow. Yeah. Toledo, uh... Toledo pulled the plug, and uh, we're off in Fresno. And I think we lost. Uh, a... You don't we... have. You don't have Reno anymore. We lost Reno. 
uh, we lost Fresno and we lost um, Rancho Cucamonga. Uh, pulled the plug. Wow, all so. the way to Reno. Right. Well, thank you for this uh, pollen count. Where are we at with like the the actual number? Oh, uh, Thursday is a one point one. Tomorrow, uh, pollen count will be zero point nine. All right, there he is, Michael Stipe, frontman. Again, brought to you by Pretty Litter, Cat Litter, Odor Busting, Health Monitoring, Kitty Litter, delivered monthly. Well, I'm glad that you're willing to read that, because I don't think I could do that one. You don't like cats? I like cats. I just, I, it's hard enough to talk about chaopectate, multi-symptom relief, anti-diarrheal. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I didn't think it'd be like this. That's all the time we have for today's installment of the Top 5 Things. Thanks so much for downloading it, subscribing to it, listening to it, telling your friends, leaving a review, all of those things. Very much appreciated. Until we get a chance to do it for you again, hang loose, kooks! And you stay classy and safe, Quad Cities. Yes. I don't know why this isn't working. Oh, here we go. Come on, Quad Cities, represent. This is for the Quad Cities record spot. Dabbing board, yeah, we keeping it locked. Rock out, come on, and it just don't stop. East Moline, yeah, they keeping it hot. Uh. Okay, bye, stop making noise. Stand clear of the closing doors, please.